Jeremiah chapter 8, verse number 19, it says, Behold, the voice of the cry of the daughters of my people, because of them that dwell in a far country, is not the Lord in Zion. Look at this. It has a question mark there asking a question. Jeremiah is asking the question, Is not the Lord in Zion? Is not her king in her? Why have they provoked me to anger with their graven images and strange vanities? The harvest is past. The summer is ended. And we are not saved. For the hurt of the daughters of my people am I hurt. I am black. Astonishment hath taken hold of me. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughters of my people recovered? Amen. Let's lift our hands. Let's lift our voices and ask God to help us in this place today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Let's clap our hands, everybody, under the Lord. Somebody lift your voice and shout unto God with the voice of triumph today. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. I know, I know it might be a little loud on y'all, but I'm going to have to have some more volume up here and out there because my voice is kind of messed up today and I can't keep from screaming. Amen. Lord bless you. You can be seated. That's a little too much right there. Woo. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you for the next few moments from this subject. And um, I am aware of the time. How many noticed that anything was different in church today? Man, everybody's looking like a, a an old mule staring at a new gate trying to figure out what was going on. And uh, just trying something a little different to try to... Uh, Spread out the preaching from the Sunday school lesson and uh, see how that works for us. But um, I want to talk to you from this subject about recovering all, recovering all. As I read in Jeremiah, the Bible is telling us a very sad story about the captivity of Judah. And uh, Jeremiah is talking about the sadness of the heart of God. As he looks at the daughters of Zion in a strange country and a strange land. And how they had turned from the true worship of the one and the only true God unto false images and idols. It says, you have made engraven images and worshipped strange vanities. And uh, it tells us that the harvest is past and the summer is ended and we are not saved. Then the Lord says, For the hurt of the daughters of my people am I hurt. He says, I am black. Astonishment hath taken hold of me. It says that, that Dakes would interpret this as saying that the harvest is past and the summer is ended, but we are not saved. The opportunity of salvation 
from Babylon is past. You have had opportunity to escape, but that opportunity has passed. The winner of judgment is here, and we are not delivered. Dake would say that he is referring to as being black as the sackcloth and ashes that they would cover themselves in. This was a a very well-known biblical term and action that in the midst of sorrow they would cover themselves in humiliation with sackcloth and ashes. And uh, it says the next scripture that I would really like to focus on is this in verse number 22. And the prophet is asking a question, Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? What, what a bomb was, was a type of medicine, a healing substance. Is there no physician there? What is a physician for? A physician is to offer help in the time of distress and sickness to make you better. And then he asked this question, why then is not the health of the daughters of my people Recovered. Amen. And Dates would say Judah was past mercy. That it seemed like mercy had passed them by. There was no remedy for their apostasy. For so judgment had come and that without fail. But when I look at the scripture in verse number 22, it seems like that in the midst of this turmoil, in the midst of this tragedy, in the midst of this bondage, that the prophet of God was asking them the question, have you lost your faith in the bomb of Gilead? Have you lost your faith in the physician that is there? It was not that God was asking a question of himself, but it was that God was asking them, is there not a bomb in Gilead? Is there not a physician there? And being so, that making a statement that there is, why then is not the health of the daughters of my people recovered? Amen. And so it looks like a bleak and a dark setting for our scripture text this morning. But when I look at it, I see some positive in the middle of the night. I see some help for recovering in the midst of the storm. But there is still hope because of what God told Solomon back in Second Chronicles chapter number 7. At the dedication of the temple that Solomon had built, that... That in the prayer of his dedication, you can remember that the glory of God filled the temple. That the temple was filled from top to bottom, from front to back. With the smoke and the haze of the glory of God. To where they were not able to stand within the presence of the holy God. And then Solomon began to pray a prayer that was an amazing uh, dedication prayer in the temple. He asked the question, he said, Lord, he knew the intent of man, that the intent of man is a sinful nature and a sinful intent. 
And he said, Lord, if our people that that worship in this place, if they are carried away to a strange land, taken captive into a strange country, when they just turn their face toward this place, this temple that is in the midst of Jerusalem, that you will heal their land, that you will heal and hear their prayer. Second Chronicles chapter number 7 and verse number 13 through 15, it says, If I shut up the heavens and there be no rain. Now this is what God is saying. If I shut up the heavens and there be no rain. Or if I command the locusts to devour the land. Or if I send pestilence among my people. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Mine eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. God is saying, if you fall, if you stumble, if you go off into the wrong direction, if you repent, there is still hope. If you repent, there is still mercy. If you repent, there is still grace of God to help you and to strengthen you. I wonder today, is there anybody in the house of God this morning that is thankful for the mercy and the grace and the long-suffering of our Lord and our Savior? Amen. Turn these monitors up just a tad. Amen. So here we find that the devil, how many, how many knows that there is a devil? How many has ever, how many has ever come in contact with the devil? How many thinks that you're sitting next to the devil? No, don't, don't answer that. But we have all come in, come in contact with the devil. The devil is real. The devil is powerful. The devil is a great deceiver. So don't ever think that you can face the devil alone. Don't ever think that you are any match for the devil by yourself. But for the grace of God. Amen. The Bible says in John chapter 10 and verse number 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what his mission is. That's what his goal is. That is what he has set out to do. Amen. That's what he is desiring to do right now to each and every one of our lives. Amen. But that's not what Jesus Christ has come to do. The Bible said that Jesus said, I am come that men might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Amen. I come to tell you today that sin is no match for Jesus Christ. Amen. Destruction of the devil and the adversary is no match for the power and the grace and the mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
Amen. The devil is a thief. The devil is a liar. So don't you buddy up to the devil. Amen. Don't, don't have dialogue with the devil. Don't communicate with the adversary of your soul. Amen. No matter what shape, form, or fashion that he comes in. Amen. The devil also has transformed himself into angels of light. But I come to tell you today that there is still a devil that's out to get you. You, 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 and you. Amen. But greater is he that is in you and you and you and you. You. You can be victorious. You can be an overcomer. The devil is a thief. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, the devil is a thief. All the rest of you, look at your neighbor and say, the devil is a thief. Amen. The devil come to steal. What does the devil come to steal? Amen. The devil comes to steal your joy. The devil wants to take about every bit of happiness and peace that you have. Amen. The devil is not happy with you being happy. The devil is not happy with you having peace. Amen. I come to tell you today, we don't need a new drug. We don't need alcohol to solve our problems. We don't need to smoke a joint to mellow us out. But what we need to do is have an old-timey Holy Ghost prayer meeting. Amen. There's still power in the blood. Amen. There's still power in the house of God. There's still a bomb in Gilead. Amen. There's still a physician... Hallelujah. 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 Amen. I've always looked at happiness and I, I believe that happiness is something that, that we surround ourselves with that brings us happiness. You can buy a new car and, and it brings you happiness until you lay down on the pillow at night and think about the notes that you just signed. Amen. You can, you can, uh, You can have a new job that will bring you happiness for a period of time. You can go places in in uh, uh, visiting different areas and vacation that will bring you happiness. Amen. Things around us will make us happy. But joy is something that comes from within. Amen. Joy is something that happens down on the inside of us. There's an old song that says this, that joy that I have, the devil did not give it to me. Amen. And since the devil did not give it to me, that means the devil cannot take it away from me. What the devil cannot take away is what God has possessed on the inside of us. So when there is chaos and confusion going on, we can still smile. We can still rejoice. We can still lift our hands because there is a fountain of joy that is bubbling up on the inside of us that the devil cannot give and the devil cannot take it away. 
Amen. Amen. The devil has a substitute for every original thing that God gives his church. There is a generic for everything. There is a generic for automobiles. There is a generic for clothing. There is a generic for food. There is a generic for drugs. Amen. How many times you went to the, to the pharmacist and said, uh, how much is that? And you said, whoo, how much is the generic brand? Amen. You know what that is? That is a substitute for what the real thing is. And I want to tell you, it's no wonder that they call alcohol spirits because the devil is trying to find a substitute for the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Ghost that dwells in us today. Amen. But there is no spirit that they sell at the store that can ever comprehend that can ever compare to the glory and the power of the Holy Ghost that dwells on the inside of us today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The devil would like to take your fountain of joy. The devil would like to take your peace. Amen. That when you lay your head on your pillow at night, the devil torments your mind and torments your spirit with little things that's going on in life. Amen. But I want to tell you, there is a peace and a comfort that we can get in the power of the Holy Ghost. Another thing that the devil would like to try to steal is your faith. That believing that God is still a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. The Bible said if they turn from their wicked ways, the devil will say, no, God's not going to hear your prayer. But don't let the devil steal your faith. And knowing that God hears, that God cares, and God still answers prayer. Amen. Amen. The devil tries to steal your relationships. The devil tries to steal your relationships with one another. The devil would try to throw wedges and blocks between you and someone else. The devil would try to throw wedges between you and your family. The devil is into destroying families because why? Strong families make strong churches. Amen. And strong churches make strong communities. And strong communities make strong counties. And strong counties make strong states. And strong states make strong America and United States. Amen. So the The devil comes in and tries to destroy and devour and divide. Amen. But I want to tell you, you need to stand up in the face of the adversary and say, you're not coming between me and my friend. You're not coming between me and my brother. You're not coming between me and my children. And you're certainly not coming between me and my spouse. Amen. Amen. Divorce is a work of the adversary. 
It's never the work of God. It's the work of the adversary. And I understand and I know that there's people that has went through these things. But it's never been the will of God nor the promise of God. Amen. That's the work of the adversary that comes in and tries to ruin, divide, and deceive. Amen. But you've got to be wise to the devil. Amen. You've got to understand that the devil is trying to come between you and your spouse. You've got to kick the devil out. And say, no devil, you can't have my relationship. You can't have my family. The devil tries to steal your health. No devil, you can't have my health. You can't have my finances. You can't have the family that God has given me. Amen. Kick the devil out of your life and realize that he is a liar. Amen. He is a liar. He is a destroyer. He is a thief. Amen. But Jesus Christ come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Amen. 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 Now, this is what the Bible says in Romans chapter 14 and verse number 17. Where do you get that, Brother Looper? I'll tell you where I get that. Amen, that this is from the Lord. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what it is in the kingdom of God. It's not meat and drink, but it is righteousness and it is peace in the Holy Ghost. That's not God. Amen. That's disturbing you. That makes you a nervous wreck. That's the adversary that's disturbing you and making you a nervous wreck. Get your faith in God and say, God, I might have problems. God, my children might be going crazy, but I'm still going to recover. Amen. My finances might be messed up, but I'm still going to recover. I might have trouble, but I'm still going to recover. I might not be feeling good right now, but I'm still going to recover. Amen. That's the promise of God in His Word to His church. Amen. We find a story. Now, with all of that said, I'm just about to what I want to preach about. Hopefully it won't take me as long to finish up as it did to get started. Amen. But... There's a story in 1 Samuel chapter number 30. David had went with his men and joined himself up with the Philistines, running and fleeing for his life from Saul, the king of Israel. He found safety in a place called Ziglag. Ziglag was a city that had the things that his men needed. David showed himself faithful. He showed himself trustworthy. They were going out to battle the Philistines. And so David and his men were going before the leaders, the military leaders of the Philistine army. As they walked before them, the leader says, who is this? Another man in charge of David said, this is David. Who I am well pleased. He's a good man. He showed himself faithful. David was going out to fight against the children of Israel. 
But then the Philistine general decided that it might be a setup because they said this is the man that they have sung about in Israel that said Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. Amen. This is a man that we have heard about. This is the man that killed our champion, Goliath. And so they refused to allow him to go into battle against the Israelites because they were scared that he would turn on them in the heat of the battle, that it was a setup against them. And so David and his mighty men turned around to go back to the place from whence they come, where they were dwelling called Ziglag. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day, that the Amalekites, Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captive and that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. And David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Everything that they possessed, the adversary, while they were gone, had come in and taken everything. They did not leave one thing that was valuable. They took it all. And the men began to worry and distress. And it came time of distress. The devil in time of distress. The devil will try to make us make foolish decisions and go to the extreme. The men of David even contemplating killing and stoning David. But I want to tell you, in the middle of your distressed moment, don't lose your mind. Don't lose your faith. Don't lose your hope. Don't lose your confidence in the church. Don't lose your confidence in God. Don't lose your ability to trust in God. Amen. That God will not put you in anything that God cannot bring you out of. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him. That will make you distressed. Because the soul of the people was greed. Every man for his son and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. There has to be something on the inside of us. That will cause us to reach down to that fountain of joy. Although the trouble was surrounded on every place. You see, the devil thought that he had gotten David where he wanted him. Amen. Saul couldn't kill him. The Philistines couldn't kill him. But I'm taking the things that he desperately loves. If you'll find one of his wives that were taken was named Abigail. If you'll go and you'll look what Abigail means in the Hebrew, it is the meaning of joy. That's what her very name means. 
sees is joy. And the devil says, I have taken David's joy. Now the people will stone him. Now the people will destroy him. Now he has no fight left in him. But what he did not consider was, you might take the joy from the outside. But what I've got is not what God has given me on the outside. But it's something that's on the inside of me. That's driving me. That's compelling me. That's causing me to, hallelujah, that's causing me to fight on. That's causing me to work on. That's causing me to live on. That's causing me to keep raising my hands. I've got his joy. I've got his happiness. I've got his peace. I've got his family. I've got everything that he holds dear and close. Now I've got David where I want him. But there was something in David that David said he encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. And he called for Abathar the priest. And he said, come on and bring the ephod. We've got to talk to God. We've got to hear from God. Whatever you're going through, don't let the devil keep you away from the house of God. Woo! Hallelujah! Amen. David was a long way from Israel. He was in a strange country, but still he had the priest. He said, I'm not going anywhere with Abathar. I'm not going too far from where I get my help, where I get my hope, where I get my strength. And he said, let me inquire of the priest and see what God would do. And God said, I want to tell you this, David, don't just sit here, but I want you to overtake them and you are going to recover all. Amen. David says, and David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, pursue, for thou shalt surely Overtake them without fail. How many has ever been scared in your life? How many has been, ever been scared of failing in your life? You're scared to do something because you're scared you'll fail. You'll come up short. You won't be able to do it. Amen. I can't do that. I can't do that. Amen. I can't do that. Peter could walk on water until he figured out he couldn't walk on water. Until he said, I can't do this. And he looked around him and started to sink. Amen. I want to tell you today, the Bible has told us. Amen. The Bible is full of promise after promise after promise that without fail, without Fail. I want to tell you, when you got your hand in the hand of Jesus Christ, you cannot fail. You can't do anything but win. You say, oh, I tell you what, I tell you what, you ain't been where I've been. You hadn't been where I've been with the hand of God. Amen. God is able to deliver you. 
Amen. People died in the Bible. And you say they were holding on to the hand of God. Yeah, but win, lose, or draw, we still a winner in the kingdom of God. Amen. They tried to boil John in hot oil, but God said it's not John's time. Amen. Oh, they cut off James's head, but when they started to cut off Peter's head, Jesus said, oh, it's not Peter's time yet. I want to tell you, as long as you've got your hand in the hand of God, I'm going to keep on walking. Amen. I'm going to recover. I'm going to recover all. I'm going to take it all back. What the devil has stole from me. The devil can't have it. It don't belong to him. The devil is a thief and a liar and a deceiver. Amen. Amen. They went and pursued. They found those who had taken their families, their goods, their possessions. They recovered all without fail. They didn't just recover all, but they took everything that they had. They spoiled them, the Bible says. That means they took everything that they had that was of any value. They took it and divided it amongst themselves. They recovered all. David got his wives back. The men got their families back. They got their wives back. They got their tents back. They got everything that they had lost back. Because they had faith and confidence that God said, go ahead. Now the men were tired. The men were stressed out. The men were about to faint. But I want to tell you, no matter how tired you are, no matter how stressed out you are, no matter how frustrated you are, amen, just keep your faith and your confidence in God and you shall recover all. Amen. Some of you need to get made up in your mind this morning. I like what Brother Cain testified about. I can see the vision, amen, of all of our families praying through in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Some of you need to claim them in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. I can tell you what my mama did. Amen. When my brother and myself wasn't quite living up to her expectations and the devil was trying to drag us down a long, destructive road, she went in our bedroom and she anointed our bed. She went and anointed our dresser. She went and anointed everything that we had. Had a big greasy spot on it. She anointed our car. If she thought we was listening to rock music, she would anoint our Amen. Should anoint everything with oil and pray over and say, devil, they don't belong to you. That's not how I raised them to be. They're not yours. Get your hands off of them. I want to tell you it still works. You need to go recover what the devil has stole from you. Amen. 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 My mama believed in anointing everything with oil. 
And I think the way she got some things to blow up was she poured oil in it where it should not have been. Amen. She'd destroy CD, or not CD players, cassette players. If I'd have had an iPod, she'd have stomped the iPod. She'd have poured it and soaked it in oil. Amen. Because she believed, hey, Homer don't belong to the devil. God don't belong to the devil. My kids wasn't raised to serve the devil, but they were raised to serve God. Amen. The Bible said if you train up a child in the way that they should go, amen, the devil will come in and try to destroy them. But you've got to have faith. Don't lose your faith. Don't lose your confidence. Don't lose your hope. Don't lose your prayer. Don't lose that. Proverbs 22 and verse number 6. Train up a child in a way that it should go. And when he gets old, he shall not depart from it. You must have faith in what God has promised you. He is also able to bring to pass. Have faith in what you have taught them. That it that it's still in there somewhere. That it's still in their heart. Amen. That you're just waiting on the seed because you're going to recover it. Amen. Get a get a picture. Hallelujah. Amen. Get a mental picture of them praying through and worshiping and praising God. Get your faith back. Come on, parents. Get your faith back. I don't care where they're at right now. I don't care how far away they are from God right now. I come to tell you today and to preach to you today that it's time to recover all. Amen. There's still a bomb in Gilead. Oh, there's still a physician in the house of God. There's still hope in the church. There's still help in the church. There's still deliverance in the church. (laughs) Amen. Amen. If we would get a spirit like David and say, God, you promised me. God, you told me. God, I believe in you. Amen. I'm just crazy enough to believe that God is able to bring to pass that which he had promised. Amen. Jeremiah here in the word of God that we have read for our text in Jeremiah chapter 8. Yes, he's telling the children of God how bad and how dark And how gloom the situation is. Yes, I can tell you today, and you know this today. Amen. Some of your family, some of your finances, some of your peace, some of your joy is in a dark, gloomy, and a destructive atmosphere. Amen. Some of your children have went further away from God than you ever dreamed or imagined they would. Amen. But in the middle of the dark, and in the middle of the gloom, and in the middle of the despair, 
there. Amen. Still, Jeremiah says, as mad as God is and as disappointed as God is, God always gives hope. God always tells you there's still a place to repent. Amen. There is help. There is a physician. If I can get them to the house of God, if I can continue to pray, if I can continue to fast, if I continue to be faithful, I am going to recover. The devil is a thief. Amen. I'm just about done. If they would come to the music today. The devil is a thief. And he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come. I am come. Amen. When you least expect it, you come back. And everything that you love and everything that you have possessed, everything that you have held dear to is gone. But David, you've got to learn how to encourage yourself in the Lord. When you've got a source of joy called the Holy Ghost, there is something about the Holy Ghost that will make you smile through a storm. There's something about the Holy Ghost that can make you worship God when it looks like all destruction has come about in your life. There's something about the Holy Ghost. How many has ever been there? When it seemed like everything that could go wrong has went wrong. When it seems like that, my Lord, you wonder what in the world could happen next. What in the world could take place next? But still, you find you a place and you lift up holy hands. Job, you're sick in your body. Job, you lost your family. Job, your wife has even told you to curse God and die. Job, your friends are saying that it's all your fault. Why don't you just give up? But Job said, no, God, slay me. Yet. Yet will I trust Him. You can't let circumstances of life dictate where you're going and what you can have in God. God never called us to a storm that He can't bring us through. God never let something happen in our life that He can't turn into a miracle in our life. I told you this a couple of Mother's Days ago. We moved into our house a few years ago out there in Enchanted Forest. My mother was still alive. And uh, she came to see us while we were out there. A while back, we, we were getting a new bed a couple years ago, getting a new mattress and doing some work in our bedroom. I took up... My mattress, and on my side of the bed, and she didn't care about my wife too much, I don't guess. But on my side of the bed, there was a handkerchief folded up under my side of the bed. Long after she's been gone, I don't know, at that point, I think she had been dead seven years. Long after she was gone, the prayers are still working. 
Back in Suttgard, we had a lady in the church years ago whose name was Sister Effie Colburn. They were a rough bunch of people. Brother Jack Colburn was an alcoholic, I think, for 35 years before he received the Holy Ghost and God delivered him. She was rough as he was. I don't know if she was an alcoholic, but she whipped alcoholics for a living. He was so bad and so such an alcoholic that they took his car keys away from him and he got on his riding lawnmower and got a DUI on a riding lawnmower. He come to church one night drunk as old Cooter Brown. And he prayed and my daddy stood him up. He said, Mr. Jack, if you'll come back tomorrow night sober, God will deliver you and fill you with the Holy Ghost. I think he testified that that night was the first time he had been sober in 30-something years. he come back and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. They had a son whose name was Shep. That's what they called him. He was a long-haired Harley Davidson drug addict, alcoholic, whatever you could imagine. He's a guy that you would not want to see in the dark. He would be scary. That was her baby. She loved Shep. He got this motorcycle and she was scared that he was going to get killed on that motorcycle. Son, she anointed everything with oil. She went out there one day when he come to visit her. She anointed that Harley Davidson with oil and prayed over it and said, God, I want you to tear this thing up. I want you to cause it not to run because I don't want him to get killed. He's got to get the Holy Ghost. He went out there, tried to start it, and it wouldn't start. He finally worked on it and got it started, got it about halfway home, and it quit. He carried it to the shop, and they worked on it. It run and quit. He said to the day that he got rid of that thing, it never would run over about five minutes at a time. You say, oh, God's not concerned about that. I, I beg to differ with you. You say, God's not concerned about me. God knows where your loved ones are right now. And God's able from this very service to touch that lost loved one right now. If you'll have faith and believe and doubt not. Put rocks in their bed, God. But I want to tell you what you've got to be willing to do. You've got to be willing to put them in the hand of God and say, God, turn them upside down. Shake them all around. Grab them by their neck. Make them give up until they want to serve you. But see, what we do is when they get in a bind, sometimes we pay their light bill. When God's trying to put rocks in their bed, we go buy them a new mattress. But you've got to have faith in God. God, you shake them up. God, you wake them up. I'm going to recover all. They belong to me. They don't belong to you. They belong to God. Abigail don't belong to you. She belongs to me. The stuff that you took, devil, is not yours. It's mine. And I'm going to take back 
what you've stolen from me. Let's all pray right now. God, in your precious name. I wonder if there's any parent right now that just wants to step out by faith and call a child 